he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sound of business? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 38 of the Severe May podcast is here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Sean Sheehan here, bringing you into the early hours of the morning, wherever you may be. Sean, what do you think of my dulcet evening tones? Beautiful, beautiful. I think you need to give up that show you're doing and start like a jazz show on a Saturday night. Well, good news. Go on. I am going to plug it, so tough shit, But because um, you're making fun of the show. Um, you make fun of anything, how dare you? Well, for those that don't know, cheap plug, I'm also involved in a radio station. It's called 8radio.com, and uh, it's an internet radio station. But the way that the BAI, the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, do licenses, they allow... Do you know the way there's... Shut your mouth, or I'll start talking about jiu-jitsu. Oh, no. Sorry, keep going. Uh, You know the way there's, like, Christmas FM and stuff like that? Yeah. So there's temporary FM licenses. So 8radio go on temporary FM certain times of the year. And this uh, this coming weekend is going to be one of those times. Yours truly, kicking off the weekend broadcasts uh, this weekend from 12 midnight. So nice. I, I have to practice my my deep evening radio. Hey, you're winding down your evening listening to sul- salty jazz here. Salty jazz? Sultry sul- jazz? Sultry jazz. Sultry jazz here with Andrew McGahan and Sean Sheehan. Taking over the radio. I was on West Limerick Radio there yesterday. West. How did that go? It went well now. Patrick's working there, so they were looking for something different. They're starting like basketball things and stuff and American football. So Patrick and Jimmy and they said, Oh yeah, we'll get him in. So I went in. It actually went pretty well. Though like you were they talking to you about the cage boxing, were they? Cage boxing. I didn't actually get in cage boxing. Oh. Basically this is what happened. They asked me what MMA was and I went on for like a, an eight minute I wouldn't call it a rant, but like a discussion Spiel. by myself of, of what MMA is. Where I got into like athletic commissions and like the UFC self-regulating. <laughs> like people are going to be like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" And then they ask people me from, the, from Limerick, yeah, listening to local radio yeah. because having been like that's a, a lot of people got their start through community radio. Yeah. I was one of those people. And um, although I wouldn't actually say my start, because where I am now isn't really a finishing point, <laughs> you know, so you can't really be like, yeah, I got my start in community radio, and now I'm ready to retire. Um, I'd still consider myself at the level nowhere near above it, so I could still be involved with it. Um, but the way I see it, and the way I learned a lot of it through college, community radio is just pretty much for old people to have company in their house. Yeah. It's good, like it did. And the death notices. Have you got death notices in Limerick? I don't know. I don't really listen to it that much. Okay, well, if anyone is listening to this. Oh, yeah, we ha- and, and, yeah, there is, yeah. There is. The death has occurred of removal no, will no, take no. place, residing, touched by their loving family, and any donations, please, to the charity of Family Flowers Only. Please make any donations to the North Loud Hospice, who looked after Michael so kindly towards the end of his life. That's oh it. God. What? How's that? 
that's pretty much she survived by her sister survived by that's what i forgot and uncles grandchildren great-grandchildren and the rest of the parish and mother (laughs) and mother uh (laughs) come here tell me this oh my last plug if you live in limerick galway cork or dublin eight radio will be on fm in your stations from friday midnight regularly i'm going to be on 10 till 1 on a friday night would really appreciate it. It looks like um, they may consider applying for a license to turn it into a full FM station. So any sort of support. Obviously, you should, you should be supporting Severe MMA firstly, wholly, completely. And you all already have us liked on Facebook and Twitter. But if you want to be sound, head on over 8radio, Ireland8radio.com on social media. Give it a like. I'll be on it during the week. And uh, thank you very much. So, Sean, you get us an MMA show? Uh, no, because it's a music station, you see. Uh, we can play, but, we can play fact, music. Fun fact. The Satanta MMA podcast originated in A8 Radio. Back, really? Yeah, back in the day of Mark O'Toole and Gus Ryan, the um, the A8 Radio studio was uh, open to it. And I have a very funny story relating to that. Now, it's what? not just the Severe MMA podcast that I fell asleep during. <laughs> <laughs> There was one night I was up uh, recording the podcast with the lads and this studio is tiny. So one person it's big enough for, but there was three of us in it. So uh, And there's two mics, but like literally the second mic is there as a novelty. It's never actually intended to be used by a second person. So I had been at work the night before and barely got any sleep. Then whole day of college and then had to go to the studio record it. And I had my head on the table while they were recording. And they had to wake me up at one point to stop the recording so they could fix something. And I had to try play it off like that I wasn't asleep. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, what? No, I was just <laughs> resting my head. You're actually terrible at that. You know, every time you fall asleep, I know exactly when you fall asleep, you just act like your microphone that cut I've, off. Yeah, oh, the microphone cut off there, Sean, for a minute. I'm actually wide awake now. It's relatively early. I have the podcast can of Coke here beside me. And I have one last question for you. Well, actually, no. Since we're stuck this week, this conversation could branch off into a couple of minutes. I would like your opinion on Sidona. I'm a fan of Sidona. Are you? I used to be a bigger fan when I was younger. Yeah, it 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 is a young like uh, you drink, yeah. yeah, like you're in a the the local hall at a birthday party and there's bottles of Sidona and packets of potato. Bingo. Oh, uh, and bingo, or you're agreeing with me and saying bingo. <laughs> and bingo. <laughs> okay. Um, or snakes and ladders, or Ludo. Ludo. You meant for being, you're never good, you're not got a bingo. Are you hitting on bingo? Uh, I've never been a bingo. I have, <gasps> like I I'm trying to think if I have been a bingo. Because there, there is a bingo hall here, and I can remember my mates have been at it, but I don't think I was ever at it when I was younger. There was a time that, like, 16-year-olds in Dundalk were going to bingo for the laugh. Like. How many people live in Dundalk? It's actually the largest town in Ireland, I believe. Yeah. Like, there are 80,000. Dundalk is kind of like a city, so you're kind of like... You're more like a city dweller than, like, a country dweller, if you know what I mean. You're like oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd fully... Yeah. Now, while there are areas of Dundalk that are country dwellers yeah like we have carlingford and cooley and stuff like that that are right near us um i live in the center of town so i am a, a townie do you know what i mean come on the town um but what i was the reason that i brought up to sidona is because i had my first bottle of it the other day for uh hold on you've never had Sidona? no before? no first first bottle in a while 
right, in a long right. time. And I was like, this isn't as tasty as I remember it being when I was a child, but it is still pretty good. And I had another bottle of it there up in Dublin before I got the bus home. And uh, I have to say, I'm definitely going to try bring it back. Nice. One of the lads, when I was in college, I was with him when he had his first Big Mac. And when he had his first Yop. Yop? Yeah. I, uh, I actually don't think I've ever had a Yop. What? Yeah. You've never had a Yop? I don't think so. I think I, maybe f- when I was really young, but I just never really was like, I was never like, oh yeah, I need a Yop. Now, That's so lovely. Mr. Freezes and stuff. I, I didn't have a single Mr. Freeze this summer, would you believe? Or did I still sell Mr. Freeze? I haven't had one in a few years. Yeah, no, some, like, I, see the way you're saying, like, I'm not rural. Yeah. There are some shops here that, in the rural areas, that will still, like, have Mr. Freezes and discos and <laughs> stuff. Not, I don't mean, like, discos. I mean, like, the crisp disco. Don't, disco crisps. Yeah, they're little small, saucery things. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. you used to have to buy two packets and put them into the one packet because there'd be fuck all in the one packet. Oh, Back in the God. days. So look, anyone from Sidona listening to the show, sponsor us. We'll do with the we'll we'll take the free Sidona. We'll mention it all the time. Otherwise I'm stuck with my podcast can of Coke here um for the next eighty two or so minutes. Sean, how have you been? What what are we gonna talk about? Nothing. Nothing's happened in MMA. Actually fuck all that's happened in MMA. Nothing. Well, thanks very much for listening. And if you want to tune in next week, the Severe MMA podcast, go on. The 10 minute MMA podcast is back. Um, oh, Europe's Steve number M- one. I forgot to mention that. Steve MMA Watch just pulled out today. I suppose we can talk about that. Um, I think <sighs> MMA Junkie, I think MMA Junkie reported it. Um, obviously, UFC Dublin call men event against Ben Rotwell. I didn't hear the injury. Did you hear it? I think it was a hand, was it a hand injury or a rib injury or something? I was just reading it on Twitter as a bro. I was just literally verbal diarrhea or tweeting diarrhea when I found out about it I rattled off about four tweets in the space of a couple of minutes and I was like that's me done for today um, I'm going to be honest didn't even completely forgot about it yeah, that it was on I this saw card you saying that. what was that about like yeah genuinely I was like yeah Duffy's fighting Parier fucking hell and that's about it like this kind of ties in very well to a point that we're going to bring up later on about the lack of maybe anticipation for this UFC Dublin yeah. card. But if we scale it back a little bit, you were looking forward to this fight. I was really looking forward to this fight. Like I suppose we've mentioned it a lot of times, and I've said it especially. Like I'm an MMA fan, just that just happens to be from Ireland, and I like you especially, and a few more people are kind of Irish MMA fans, fans of the the guy. So like I was writing my preview last night, and for fuck's sake, I wrote about six or seven hundred words in this fight, and now it's useless. Um, I described this fight in my preview as the best MMA fight to ever take place in Irish style. Do you, what, first of all, do you, what do you think of that? Do you think that's true? Or did like the be- I just biggest think that's a typical Sean. G- uh, biggest ranked, I'd say. What? Yeah. Oh, it is you like, have to kind of you have to kind of take like the McGregor Brandau fight. Ah, but Brandau was not ranked. McGregor McGregor wasn't even ranked at that stage. Yeah. Okay. Like, Rich, fair enough. Franklin Dan Henderson would have been good as well, but. They were a bit off. They weren't... Coleman right. Shogun. Probably for name factor. It was that, like At the time, that would have been yeah. a bigger fight Shogun than this. Been good, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was a great fight. Like I was really looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it more than the main event, even. Um, I think Stipe is really good. I've always I've always liked Stipe. Maybe that's another reason. If maybe it was Rothwell and whoever it's going to be now. Mitrione. Mitrione, maybe, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that now, to be honest. I like Mitrione as well. Um... 
Actually, just got a Snapchat there from Doyle Chandler. He asks, do you think they'll get a replacement in time? Well, then, let's talk about it. Because my yeah. first my first tweet... Well, actually, no. I'm telling a lie. When I went on to Twitter, I got a favourite from Keen Kelly on a, a tweet that I put up about McGregor. I said, uh, all fighters do... like Fighters mention McGregor now. It's just to get themselves in a headline about yeah. Conor McGregor. TJ Dillashaw did it the other day on the MMA Hour with Ariel. And I think he threw a McGregor jive in there, and then people were talking about McGregor versus Dillashaw. Not more than McGregor, than TJ versus Favor, but it was definitely a talking point as well that Dillashaw also threw a shot in there at McGregor, maybe eyeing up for a fight down the line. And uh, Keane favoured that tweet, went on to Keane's page because I hadn't been following him, went to follow him, and the last tweet was a retweet or a tweet about Tyrone Spong. And I was like, oh, that's the man to step in. He loves Dublin, he loves Ireland, he wants to fight in the UFC. He was at UFC Dublin heckling Dana from the back of the press room pretty much saying, sign me, let me fight in, the, in front of this crowd. Surely this is a tale too good to be, tr- to be true. And I do think I may have been the first one out there with it. So I'm you completely did, yeah. taking credit for it if it happens. I, I think I was the first one to say Matt Mitrion as well, so if that happens I'm taking credit for that. Because um, Matt Mitrion's looking for the fight as well. He, he, he was campaigning for it on Twitter. And, and like a lot of people are saying, oh, Matt Mitrion lost him like a couple of months ago. But on 11 days notice, you kind of, you take what you can get. Um, I'd take Spong though. That'd be unbelievable. Like just to see Spong in the UFC, if he did get signed, obviously to be sure a few fights. But uh, I think it was Mike Bone from MMA Junkie put up. He is under contract with World Series of Fighting and Glory as well, I think. So if he was to get out of that, it'd be fairly tough within like... They'd have to do Such it. Such a short space of time. Tonight or tomorrow, like, yeah. But he, he obviously doesn't care about that contract because he's yeah. tweeting about it. He's saying that he wants to get into the UFC. He'll take the fight on whatever day's notice. Someone asked him what's his weight, or his weight right now, and he's like, don't know, didn't check, but I know I'll be able to make it. Whatever weight the UFC want me to fight it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think that's unlikely. I think that'd probably be the best option, the option I'd like the most, but I think it's unlikely. Uh, People talking about Derek Lewis, I think he said he'd do it if they let him into the country. Uh, obviously, Mitrion as well. Um, Magomedov, was, what's his name? It's not, is it Ruslan Magomedov? I can't think of his name straight offhand, but he um, he fought a couple of weeks ago. And, and Ben Henderson. Ben, <laughs> ben Henderson. Derek Brunson's, Derek Brunson's a fucking welterweight, isn't he? Or is he middleweight or something? But yeah, that's unlikely to happen, but... Yeah, I think Mitrion or Derek Lewis is the most most likely or just someone from obscurity altogether. Maybe Stefan Struve or someone like that. But oh, I, I have to can, admit. Go on. I hope they can get someone. That's That was the one thing I was going to say. I don't think that it's pivotal to the card that they get someone. If anything, it could work out in the benefit. Like This is just going to kind of link back to your point. Yeah. It could work out a lot better for one of the Irish guys in the undercard, potentially getting bumped up to the main card in terms of exposure for them. Who so do you we, think should be? What's the running order, Sean? It's <laughs> <coughs> at the moment, the four-fight main card. Obviously, the, the main event and the core main event is gone now, but Nicholas Dalby and Darren Dill was the third fight, and Paddy Hoolan and Lewis Smolka was the fourth fight. Neil Seary. I think you, move, I think you move Siri up to the main card and I think you put a Paddy Hoolan Lewis Mulca in the co main event. Oh, I'm not too sure about that now. But I don't think they're gonna put Siri as the co main event. No, no, I, I think that, like throw it out there. Move if like let's say everything falls apart, move Dalby and Till up, because I think that's gonna be a great fight. 
co-main event. <coughs> maybe it doesn't have as much um, re- relevance or prominence as maybe Paddy against Smolka, and maybe the UFC would be a little bit wary of having two flyweights on a main card, but two proven flyweights that have brought it time and time again. I do think this is going to be Neil Series' time to actually get a bonus. I know he's been kind of hard, not hard done by just being on cards that have had very exciting fights and finishes as well as his own. He's definitely got a bonus. 100%. I uh, think it's like. Better, better, the, better the year for Sean Sheehan. Could better be, the like, card. Neil Seary to get a bonus. There's, there's fights. Most of the fights in this, apart from. Like the, the, the top four, or well, the top three now, they're good fights. And see, I think Siri Reyes is the best fight in this card. That's. That was fight of the year written all over. Like that's a fucking unbelievable fight. Like I watched a good bit of tape on Reyes, and he's like Siri. He just goes in, throws bombs, throws windmills like they're fucking on sale, and uh, I think that's going to be a really good fight. But I'm making you a promise right here, right now. One, tell me what to watch. Tell me the tape to watch, and we are going to have the ultimate UFC Dublin breakdown. Uh, Not right. now, like, uh, but well, we'll do it. Later. We'll do it in a while. No, but, but like. You text me during the week, okay. and I will watch it all, and I will come at you with beautiful analysis next week Perfect. of the obscure fighters that are gracing UFC Dublin, because there is there does seem to be a little bit There's of a, a there is a couple. There's a bit of underwhelming nature about this event, and I have to say, all things considered, if the fight like the, I I put a tweet up about it earlier on, and I still I these two guys in particular have got to be kicking themselves had Chris Fields or Carl Moore got a win recently at Bama I think they would have been in a perfect position to come in the typical UFC in a hometown short notice the Irish fans would have completely got behind it put big weight behind it get Chris Fields and get Carl Moore in take this fight on short notice and make a name for themselves if not even make a name for themselves get a three or four fight UFC contract that guarantees them another go a la Paul Redmond or 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 Paul Craig get Paul Craig in there I've eaten my words why not any other UK based light heavyweights that I can think of Carl Roach Carl Roach (laughs) Carl Roach for UFC Dublin (laughs) I started it it's gonna happen Johnny Dargan Johnny Johnny Dargan for UFC Dublin I don't think so like there was someone talking as well about it's gonna be hard to get visas and stuff to come to Ireland, like is How? that hard to get a visa to come? Is to it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Ask Manuel Cape. Oh yeah, that lad. But in fairness, he did try in about uh, two hours' notice. So he what? Might... No, <laughs> Manuel Cape, the guy uh, that pulled out of Damien oh, yeah, fight at Bama. He forgot his passport, doesn't No, no, no. He fucked up a visa. He oh, himself. Yeah, there's something to Ireland and the UK. Is he is a? Uh, he uses he isn't no he lives in the EU but he has an African passport and for him to be able to travel into Ireland or the UK it's the only two countries in Europe that you need a specific visa to travel from even if you live in the UK but have an African passport said yeah yes I will get that I will get that and then didn't get it so same old same old but I I just think I wish there was a higher level of talent maybe more established pros like there isn't anywhere in Ireland. I know there isn't, but in Ireland in particular, three years time, someone like Keener Rocked, um, perfect position for someone like him to come in and try stake his claim, get into the UFC short notice and taking a fight like this. 
Yeah, never heard of him. Where's he from? <laughs> he's from Dundalk. He fights out of uh, SPG. I believe he's turning pro around the, like his next fight should be a pro fight. There was a couple of fights announced today actually for Paul Burnham's fight. Oh, somewhere. that yeah, Paul. No, no, that was announced a while ago. Uh, he's fighting, um, but I I saw the post again today. I think they added what? a fight to um, the card. He's fighting Ronan McKay in Clan Wars. What kind of fight do you think that'll be? Uh, vicious stand up Ronan McKay is an absolute monster pioneer of Irish MMA fought the best guys in the UK and Ireland and it's going to be absolutely ridiculous I'm looking forward to that one immensely there was another fight as well wasn't there the other one was a pro fight as well it's Tommy McCarthy versus Brian Moore oh yeah that's a good one that is going to be a very very good fight as well um, but we will get to all of that in due course. I am trying subtly to open up your little message that you send me of uh, of pointers, so perhaps I can't do it. Same with okay. every week. Just before we get on, we're going to talk about GSP next. Before that, who do you think is going to be the one to replace Stipe? Or do you think he will be replaced? Ah... Uh... I'm just gonna say it. I think Tyrone is good. Like I'm, I'm hoping against hope. I hope you're right. And I'm gonna put my hat on that one. Tyrone's coming. He's coming to Dublin. I hope you're right. Jesus, I hope you're right. Um, For the sake okay. of the card, because like Matt Mitrione, Ben Rothwell too. That's like I can just see the maybe the tide turning on that card. Let's say if that fight gets made, okay. Worst case scenario, you know I'm an optimistic guy. The Irish suffer a couple of loss through the prelims or main card. Now we have Nicholas Dalby versus Darren Till in a three-round decision. And then we have Ben Rothwell versus Matt Mitrione in another decision. The fans are not going to be hyped. They're not going to be in the mood. There's going to be a damp cloud hang- cloud of atmosphere hanging over the arena for the Duffy and Paria fight. I think that for the Duffy and Paria fight to really achieve the levels and the noises of Brandau versus McGregor and just the whole carnival attitude that UFC Dublin is going to be associated with in general then there really needs to be exciting for like it needs to be a crescendo finish you know there needs to be a solid solid build up throughout don't get me wrong I don't think the Dalby until fight is going to go the distance but let's just say if let's just say if it does What's going to happen then if the co-main event is a snooze fest as well? You know, it really will suck the atmosphere out of the whole place. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, so you're picking Spong. I'm going to pick Mitrion. I think Mitrion will happen. Sorry to put a downer on that. I do think UFC Dublin is going to exceed expectations. I do think it's uh, it's going to be a good night for Irish MMA in general. And I do think the fans are going to do themselves very proud and give uh, Irish MMA an improved name that the Irish MMA fans have given themselves around the world. Yeah, we'll talk more about it again in a few minutes' time. Um, but before we do that, uh, there was a report today from MMA Fighter reported. It was reported first by a Montreal site that GSP is thinking about coming back. I'll read you the quote from him. Um, I'm starting to get the feeling Good more and more. I'm starting to get the feeling more and more to come back. I watch the fights to see what's going on in my division and I'm staying in shape. It's like a knife that I have to keep sharp just in case I ever decide to jump back in the mix. It's not for sure that it won't happen in 2015, but I'm not sure yet. That's a big quote from George. Yeah. Considering he has been very reserved about what he has said in relating to a comeback in the past. And there's only two months left in 2015, like. So he's fighting in January. 
Nobody said I'm not sure that it won't happen in 2015. That means it could be back this year. Oh, that it won't happen in 2015? Yeah. Or is that an it's error double negative. translation? I'm not sure that it won't happen, so I'm sure... I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that it won't happen into that. Yeah, I think that could be a little bit of a... Yeah, uh, maybe a bit of a mistranslation. Oh, but, here's a bit of news for you. We well, actually may as well just say it now. By the time this podcast airs, the Nick Diaz signature will probably have reached the threshold because it is only 9,000 signatures needed away. Load of shite. And they have until Friday. What do you mean, load of shite? Nothing's going to happen. It's just pointless. Oh, who's Mr. Negative now? No, but the fucking Del Like, there's better things they could be doing, I think. Like, all the White House will do is fucking put out a, a press release and that'll be the end of it. Well, fuck you, Sean, because I'm about to sign it live on the podcast. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. Done. I, I actually did sign it as well. So did you? Understand. There you go. You're, what are you giving me shit for then? It's going to happen. Nick Diaz is going to get exonerated from the Nevada State Athletic Commission by the President Barack Obama himself. Fellow Americans. But yes, GSP actually said that... Um, Sorry, yes, he, back he stood, to George. He stood by Nick Diaz as well, speaking of him. So, look, do you want to see GSP come back? No. no. Sorry. Um, I do think... Well... St. Pierre is obsessive. We know that. It's come out since. And I mean obsessive in the sense that he is OCD. He would not come back unless he felt he was fully, like physically, mentally, well prepared, able to compete with the highest level. Looking at his last fights, looking at the Hendricks fight, looking what Hendricks did to him, even though Hendricks got smashed by Robbie Lawler, in my opinion, Lawler won the fight. Don't jump me down. I think Robbie Lawler versus George St. Pierre in early 2016 is a very, very, very bad fight for George St. Pierre. Hmm. Maybe. My my whole thinking is this fight. Sorry, I mean that from the point of view that George has taken more damage in his last three UFC fights than he did in all of them up to that point combined. Think of the damage that Robbie Lawler, who is definitely the hottest champion in the UFC at the moment, in terms of how does he keep doing this? This is the same guy nobody expected to ever get back up to anywhere near the level that he's at, and he's doing it completely. He's doing it devastatingly. He has the kill switch button that he can just turn on, and it seems like he can't be put away. George doesn't really... um, maybe the biggest MMA cliche in the world, doesn't really have finishing power, a.k.a. he has always just fought really, really good guys up to his level, with the exception maybe of the Dan Hardy armbar that people thought, like, George, what are you doing here? You should have finished that fight. I do think uh, Robbie Lawler, on his current form, maybe, like, take it back two years, scale it back two years, St. Pierre gets 50-45 decision over Robbie Lawler every single day of the week, fighting the way George St. Pierre had fought throughout his career. But like whether it's me just one, like there is a timing thing, you know, striking, getting used to it all again. Uh, training is different from fighting. Maybe, maybe, maybe George saw the Rory fight, saw holes in the game of Robbie Lawler, maybe that he knows he can exploit, or basing it off how he does against Robbie Lawler or Rory McDonald in practice, and that's maybe him thinking, yeah, I can come back and be competitive at this division and get my belt back. But George, please stay away. 
take your health you're multi-millionaire you're loaded if you really want to do something go away metamorphs or something compete in jiu-jitsu you're the man you've retired as one of the best champions in the history of the ufc the most dominating champion by far in the history of the ufc who hasn't had his career tainted by anything a la anderson silva's legacy just take it there is a time to come for everyone and i know how like how condescending that may sound as a reporter uh, interviewer whatever you want to call me saying like prick. just just quit prick you know gorgeous stud whatever like just <laughs> just a few of the things that have been thrown out about me recently <laughs> can't even say that with a straight face and um just enjoy it you know enjoy your retirement but you can't tell a fighter to stop fighting i've learned i've seen that firsthand uh, i've seen how hard it de- how, how hard a lot of people take it um, it is just the sort of thing that some people have to be there to step in for them and say enough is enough my whole thing with Jonathan Pereira, like if he came back, uh, I think he, I think he could beat Robbie Lawler. I think he's good enough to do it. I think he could do it, but I don't want, I don't want to see him coming back. Like Saint Pierre's legacy will grow and grow the more he's away from the sport. And look, if he comes back and loses, it'll, he could tarnish it a little bit. But I can, I kind of think that's kind of beside the point. A lot, lots of people have come back and they're their legacy wasn't I won't say it wasn't tarnished but people kind of forget those things as well if he if he did come back and lost I think I think it'd be okay but my thing about it is like Saint Pierre now he's kind of we see him well as in a guy who was retired and we're kind of okay he's gone now he's, his time was very good he was great we don't want to recapture that time like look at Fedor he like every time He's brought up, people are like, oh, I want to see Fedor back. I want to see him fight Arlovsky. I want to see him fight Mark Hunt. Like, when do you ever see people saying, oh, I want to see GSP fight Tyron Woodley. I want to see him fight Robbie Lawler. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone say that they want to see GSP fight fight Robbie Lawler. Like, can you imagine that? Can Like, that's equivalent of people saying they don't want to see John Jones fighting Daniel Cormier. Or they, like, they wouldn't want to see, say, yeah. if, uh, like, if Ronda retired now and... I don't know, Juliana Pena went on and she decimated everyone. And that, it'd be like people saying, oh, I don't want to see Ronda fight Juliana Pena. Like, George St. Pierre has been forgotten, really. Like, he should, I think, he's been forgotten as like an active fighter. I don't think people want to see him as an active fighter anymore. And I think he might, for everything, for all, all things considered, I think he might be better off staying away. We may as well address it. No more beating around the bush. There were rumours circulating around Twitter, around the underground, Sherdog various forms that George's retirement was partly uh, imposed or maybe his hiatus from MMA if he does come back due to um, brain injury or brain trauma that he has suffered throughout his career. Now, absolutely nobody bar probably Faraz, George and his closest friends and family know if that is true or not. But you have heard before of boxers being given a one-year uh, suspension from fighting or maybe having their licenses revoked due to the damage that they've taken in fights uh, due to head trauma and maybe George St. Pierre like being the ultimate consummate professional that he is the amount of um, dedication and preparation that he's put throughout his career George St. Pierre strikes me entirely as the type of guy that would have got all of these medical checks routinely Mm. done on him to make sure that his brain was in full working order that his body was in full working order maybe it was suggested to him because like straight away after the fight that famous press conference when Dana Wright 
Dana White threw him under the bus saying my champion like trying to make it seem like George St. Pierre owed him and owed the fans to fight when really George St. Pierre owes those people absolutely nothing he owns they owe him they owe him he put his body everything like his mental well-being his physical well-being he put absolutely everything on the line for them over the years whether they were boring fights or not he still could have got very badly hurt in all of these fights so like just thinking about that press conference is the most ridiculous thing in the world Um, so at the end of the day St. Pierre coming back maybe he was given maybe it was advised to him that he should take time off Maybe before the fight, it was advised to him that he should take time off and he felt like he couldn't pull out of that fight, that he had one more fight in him, that he had to do it. And now he's gotten over that or he has taken a lot of time out. He's taken the time, he's rested himself, maybe no full contact sparring. Um, For example, Own Roddy, the severe MMA documentary, the second one that was done on him, remember he said was it one of his early fights, it took him a year to recover uh, from, I think it was a fight with Tim Murphy, he couldn't take a jab for a year, and until his chin came back, you hear some fighters, like obviously it came back because Own Roddy is the biggest scrapper in the world, but some fighters, um, the chin just doesn't recover, maybe George is that, maybe George is back at the level now, that he feels he's be able to compete, am I too, am I, too hopeful for saying that am I too stupid for saying that you could be onto something like Manny Pacquiao did a similar thing and like I know George St. Pierre is he works with Freddie Roach as well and Freddie was kind of the one that wouldn't let him come back and George said after his last fight that he'd never fight again unless he had Freddie Roach in the corner with him so maybe you could be onto something there it could be you know it could be along those lines and look if he if that is the case that's probably like a valid reason for staying out for a year and then making a comeback or, like, if he, if those rumours are true and we'll say it's something that could be more permanent or it's something that's still affecting him. And also, the it's Joe Rogan It's reason to stay thing. retired, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The Joe Rogan thing about... Uh, Joe Rogan has said before in his podcast that he thought something had happened, George, or something that George should maybe consider taking time away from the sport when he said that uh, a couple of hours would pass by and he wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Now, it could be the aliens... Don't get me wrong. He's dark place. That's what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait here now, hold on as well. You you, you were giving out about Tommy Tall there a couple of weeks ago. What was that about? What was I giving off about? You don't like my boy Tommy Tall. <laughs> <You were like laughs> what made you? Why? How did we go from aliens to this? I was talking about GSP's dark place. Oh, is that an inside joke from Tommy Tall? Or yeah. Something? All right. Well, the Bama thing. For, first of all, what made it worse about that video was that it was played twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was played twice in fairness. That was bam, but I want Tommy Doyle, leave him alone. Um, I just, Tommy's a great man. Fuck you. Like, don't get me wrong. I know you're a big fan, and I know he's a big fan of you as well. And I know he's a fan of the podcast too. There are some hilarious episodes. I will give that. Ba- mainly the Conor McGregor ones. I have laughed a hearty amount at some of those, but I find it very hard to listen to the... To, I know that's the... the 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 appeal I should say for some people the way that he goes on for me I'm just like no and I'm sure there's people like that that listen to my that only listen to this podcast for you Sean everyone <laughs> <laughs> all of them <laughs> everyone why can't you get Andrew off the podcast Sean will you not just do it yourself <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great wouldn't it just Sean Sheen podcast yeah well Tommy's a great man anyway you need to change your ways I'm open to be converted send oh, sorry, me the best videos line? What's that killer's line? Um, 
And if the answer <sighs> is no, can I change your mind? No? Change How mind. out of tone am I? You know you've only got one. Change. Oh, what was it? Save some face. You know you've only got one. Change your ways while you're young. Uh, there you go. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh, my God. Smile uh, like you mean it. Smile like... Oh, my God. I'm a such... I'm, an, I'm a disgrace of a killer's fan. I'm the, I Change love the killers. Can we Can we make a new entrance you of just the killers? Did you get taken down because of that? Got one. Yeah, we can uh, pay the music rights. Actually, <sighs> do you know what I had to do I today? Before we get on... To, uh, you should, one. anyway. Uh, before when I'm in Vegas, I'll ask him for you. Nice. Um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? You're doing something today. Yeah. On the radio. Before we, before we get on to TJ Dillon's show, um, do you Huge remember name. the video that was going viral around Ireland a little while ago of the two lads singing "All the Boys on the Force Course"? Oh, did, uh, did you it, see it? it? It it springs up in my mind, but uh, if you remind me, I definitely know it. Yeah, All I've the heard. boys on the Force Course. All the boys on the dole. Yeah. No, right. Well, that. fun fact. Uh, two of my best mates. Well, Charles, one of them, uh, was one of my best mates, and his younger brother, Andrew. Um, nice they name. have, their last names are Hendy. Yeah, I agree. Lovely name. They've uh, recorded a music video and have, re- have recorded a single, a radio edit single. Sweet. And the music video is coming out on Friday. And um, you I, no, I'm not, unfortunately. I wasn't around the day they were shooting it. It's fucking hilarious, though. I've seen it. It's going to go viral again. The video will go viral in itself. But the lads um, were going through paperwork today from Imro, the royalty sort of thing, because they need to get it in before Wednesday, before Friday. Otherwise, any royalties that they may make, if it does go viral and radio stations start playing it, uh, <laughs> they're going to lose out on all the money. So I was having to go through it today with them being like, yeah, you just need to get this done as quick as possible. Because you have to send it in by post as well. They won't accept it any other way. It's 2015 and music royalties that the majority of them you could get through digital services, you have to send in by post. I just got a text there from Graham. Asked, are you still doing the pod to talk about bushing or he look good at the weekend? Did you see it? <laughs> no? What? I didn't either. I no. didn't either. So we, we okay. technically did talk about it. So yeah. Bushinger looked good at the weekend. He did, he looked great. Fair play to him, he should fair, be in the UFC. What was his haircut like? Deadly, like. Oh, Lovely haircut. fair play to him. Bushinger looked sides. great Slick at the weekend. The fair yeah. play to him. I have Build to up. admit, though, Ivan Bushinger, since that Conor McGregor, like, because everyone was talking about Bushinger before that fight, people were completely counting out Conor McGregor. They were like, even though it was the fight that got Conor McGregor into the UFC, everyone was like, Ivan Bushinger, UFC, right after this. Without a doubt, no problem. Conor McGregor's a stepping stone. And then, whack, one of, still one of the best finishes I have seen live in mixed martial arts. Conor McGregor versus Bushinger, Cage Warriors, 55, New Year's Eve, 2012? Timber! Was it? Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. more so than anything was Mark Goddard's push on Conor yeah. McGregor. The funniest thing in the world. Like, genuinely looked angry when he was pushing McGregor. Like, it was like as if he had money on Bushing or something like that. That he just McGregor, McGregor beaten his fighter in his last fight, didn't he? Yeah, Wasn't Dave Hill. Well, look, let's not get into conspiracy I'm not saying here, that, Sean. No, I'm not saying I'm that. I'm just, I'm going at I'm the sure point like, of view he's that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm yeah, he's like, that, no. that's for Allegedly. Dave Hill. That's for Dave Hill, Connor. Um, because that probably would have been the most solid bit of contact. <laughs> that would have been thrown on Connor. 
um, between Goddard and Dave Hill. But his, uh, his takedown in that fight actually reminded me of Sage Narcot's takedown in his debut. <sighs> big ch- did not remind you of it though? No, big takedown against the fence. <sighs> hey sir, you hey, still Mr. talking Gant? about Sage? You still talking okay. about Sage Narcot? Okay, let's get on to TJ the Snake before we go any further. What you think? Oh, were you listening to MMA or yesterday? I did. I listened to it. He came out. And Dwayne kind of Ludwig is a nut job. Can we just <laughs> put that out there? Can we just agree that Dwayne Ludwig is like I'm a very open-minded person in terms of the use of recreational drugs and whatever people want to do with their own bodies, they can do with their own <laughs> I bodies. I love the way you went that way. What? Go on. Go on. No, I'm just saying, like if if you want to sit and inject yourself with heroin, fine. Don't try and inject me with heroin. That's grand. If you want to sit, uh, wasting your days away smoking pot. Do that, but don't expect me to try to do it as well, all right? <coughs> so, <laughs> what are you laughing at, like? Nothing, go on. Anyway, uh, Dwayne Ludwig has obviously, has, without a doubt, took a bowl of something. Allegedly. Allegedly, took something. No, I can't even, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. But he's just, I, 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 would, don't think I, would I think he's just off his fucking head. I would speculate that Dwayne Ludwig, no, I'm not even going to speculate anything. You, you know what I'm trying, okay, you say it then, fine. Sue, Sean, Sheehan, anyone. I don't think it's anything got to do with fucking drugs. I think it's just he's mad. I think he's just a mad, mad adder. as a bag of spiders. <sighs> mad as a fucking... I don't know. Something. A hitch on a horse. <laughs> a hitch on a horse. The most a horse. typical... A horse. Oh, a horse. But a horse actually sounds better. A horse. Um, anyway, let's get back to it. TJ, the snake. Go from horses to snakes. TJ Dillashaw, Conor McGregor called it right. What did you think of Dillashaw's side of the story? Listen now, listen. This is where I am. There's people saying, right, TJ did the right thing. He was right to leave, right to get the money, right to go to a new gym. I agree with them 100%. I'm in camp, TJ. Did right. If I got, if fucking MMA fighting came on to me now and said, look, we'll give you money. You're going to get a big pay rise. You're going to have have to decline them. I'd ring up Graham, I'd tell Graham, fuck you, I never liked you anyway, good luck. Be out the door, straight, gone. But I'd be a snake, I'd be a snake in the grass to, to severe, well I actually wouldn't, that's a different situation. But the thing about TJ is, right, you can both do what's best for you, <coughs> money-wise, financially, career-wise, but you can still be a traitor to your team. Does that make sense? Like Wayne Rooney said he's once a blue, always a blue, and he fucked off and played for Man United. Like, what, what is he? Is he not a traitor then? To, yeah, he is. And yeah, so is Cesc Fabregas. Exactly. Like, not everything is cut and dry money. If you take the money, that's it. You did the right thing for you money and your does family. does not equal happiness. Yeah. The world is not 100% financial. These are people's lives. They, like, they consider each other family. And fair enough, you want to say, like, he was on, um, what's his name, TJ said it on the MMAR, that they don't let him train and stuff. Fair enough, they're fucking bastards too for letting do that because if he's family, you should stick by him all the time. So, one of them, two of them, like, but you can't. They're all. They're all bad, like. They're all. There's nobody blameless in this. I think he. Look, I think this was handled badly. I was thinking about it today. I think from all sides of it, TJ, first and foremost, I think he handled it fairly badly. I think Uriah handled it very badly, gone on ranting for 75 minutes about Dwayne Ludwig. Uriah should have ignored Dwayne Ludwig. He should have said, TJ. If you want to go to Denver, you go to Denver. You'll always have a place here. I'm not going to say anything bad about Ludwig. It's water under the bridge. He works here. He doesn't work here anymore. That's fine. And but that, he did. that gives, like, Uriah Faber as a person, 
gives the sort of impression that he would have done that. And then he just like complete U-turned on everything that I thought thought about Uriah Favor as a person and just lambasted Dwayne Ludwig, as you said, for 75 minutes straight. Yeah. Like, Uriah, you know, Uriah isn't blameless in this. He isn't blameless in it. Like, I, I, did you hear Fyler Nikita last week? Brennan Schaub said he had known for three or four weeks, and that was a week ago, that this was happening because Leicester Bowling, the lad who is running the muscle farm gym, is Brennan Schaub's ex-coach. So they had been speaking or whatever. And uh, like, if he knew, then TJ knew and Uriah probably knew as well. How many Uriah other people knew? Like, like if Uriah knew that when he went on the MMA hour and nobody else knew, that was a reason enough for him to go off on Dwayne Ludwig. Like, he already knew TJ was leaving. Ah, uh, like, Detective Sheehan on the yeah. case. You get it? Like, he knew at that stage when nobody else knew that TJ was going. So he was like, fuck this, I've nothing to lose. I'll just go after Dwayne Ludwig. Yeah, make himself seem like the good guy before Ludwig. Because exactly. people, like, let's be honest, we're sitting here talking about how Dwayne Ludwig's a looper. And I do think a lot of it is a preconceived notion from Uriah Favors' comments the week before. Yeah. Obviously, that's, Ludwig that's didn't cover himself um, in glory or come across as um, as well as, say, Faber did, for example, the week before. Exactly, yeah. But, like, the way I'm looking at it now, and I, <coughs> I correct me if I'm wrong. Did I mention... All right. Never mind then. Right, no, look. See you later. (laughs) Uh, Remember... Did I I say last year about... Or last week about um, TJ Dillashaw maybe being influenced by the Reebok deal? (coughs) Having to take this? Yeah. Let's let's just look at it. He doesn't get that much apparently. No, he's not. I heard it. Well, someone said... I saw someone on Twitter say it's like 70 grand. And then on the MMAR, he said it was just enough to cover his coaches instead of having to pay them. But then again, if the rumours are true that Dwayne Ludwig Ludwig looks for money just to show up at the gym and coach you in a private lesson when it's his job to be the... uh, when he was the head coach of Team Alpha Male, maybe he does need that money for all of his different coaches or flying in training partners. And it's not just TJ Dillashaw because Clay Gida is, um, is going to Colorado and someone else... Who was it? Uh, Matt Brown. Matt Brown heading over there as well. So, let's say for talk's sake, it's hypocritical of me to criticise it because a very similar project out in Bahrain flew me out there to cover their event. The I'm KHK. Sure the everyone knows it like. Oh, sure, look. But those, like, those guys have the similar ideology, I would think, of the muscle farm thing. It's just a facility like... Maybe it's a bit of exposure for Muscle Farm. Literally, all the KHK guys like are like they're paying these guys to be there and to be associated with them just to promote them to promote that brand, promote, promote that team, promote Bahrain mixed martial arts in general. So I do think that is um, a similar enough situation with it. If, if you're looking at yeah, TJ Dillashaw's morals are in the right place, or if he's doing like the way I see it, same with everything. If you same with jujitsu gyms, okay. Sorry about this, Sean. You are, at the end of the day, a fee-paying customer. You are a consumer. You are the person paying. Do you know what I mean? You can go and spend your money wherever you like. At the end of the day, maybe TJ Dillashaw took on board that his last money fight or his money fight is Uriah Faber and he wants to make as much money as possible. And that's why he's left and he knows he's going to end up fighting Uriah Faber and that's his payday. Like, there, there's so many ways that we could look at this that maybe we haven't looked at or maybe that we'll never know of because we don't know the story. At the end of the day, if I'm really going to side with anyone, 
hearing every side of the story, TJ Dillashaw is in this game for such a short space of time. He needs to make as much money as possible, get out with his health intact, get out as rich as possible. Maybe he wasn't going to get that rich at Team Alpha Male. Maybe, like, as I know you saw, I know you said it on Twitter during the week, there's absolutely no denying that Dwayne Ludwig has been instrumental in TJ Dillashaw's game and recent success over the last couple of years. So he needs yeah, to stick by him. No matter what, he yeah. needs to stick by him. He doesn't need to stay at the gym that has blown itself in every single title fight they've ever been in, apart from TJ Dillashaw's. Yeah, I like. I think everyone agrees it's the right decision to, to stick with Ludwig, but even though he's insane. I have good news for you. Go on. Severe MMA is going to have two moles in Team Alpha Male over the next three weeks. Oh, oh. I can't reveal until they're home. I, they went before, didn't they? Um, oh, right. So name? we've already revealed it. Uh, Decky McAleen and, and, Jer- I didn't know. And, Jerry, and Jerry Smith from Team Taras are heading out yeah. to Team Alpha Male to train for a few weeks. Um, I don't know when they're going. I don't know how long they're going to be there. Well, I should know how long they're going to be there for. They're there for two and a half weeks, I think. So yes. maybe there'll be a bit of you know, banter in the changing room. Oh, the TJ Dillashaw, what a dick. I can assure you. I will be the first to know <laughs> whether I can reveal it or not. and I'll tell you anyway, Sean. You're sound. Do you know who else is going to have to train out in North America? Paul, uh, Paul Redmond. Do you know who he's going to be training with? He's Sage. On... Oh, what? Sage Narcos, yeah. He's gone to um, TriStar today. Sage, Sage has gone to TriStar? Yeah. Ah, so they're going to be friends. They should start a podcast. Imagine what, that. What about Kevin Lee calling out Sage Northcott? Who? Kevin Lee. Who? Ah, Sean. Who? Did you misspeak there? Apparently, uh, here breaking news: Ronda Rousey's mother's after going mad about Edmund. Graham just texted me here. Hold on, let me. Edmund just, uh, just texted you. Graham, did I say Edmund? <laughs> he just said Edmund just texted you there. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Graham texted me this. So if this is bullshit, you can blame him. Um, if I was uh, Graham right her- now, I would be texting the two of us the most ludicrous stuff to try <laughs> saying on the podcast. <laughs> he doesn't know I'm saying this, but she she said he was a terrible coach, a bad person said to sue her, said he hit the jackpot with Ronda. Wait, say that again. Sean, let's just completely scrap whatever we had planned for the rest of the podcast. Explain this to me again. Dr. Anna, whatever her name is, Ronda Rossi's mammy, has come out and said Edmund, Ronda's coach, is terrible, terrible coach, bad person, and he hit the jackpot with Ronda. Pretty much what I said on the podcast before. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So me and Rhonda's mother would get on very well. Just gone up and severe and made her. We're bored after being tagged them on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Rosie's mother calls a terrible coach and a bad person. Harsh that enough. It's no. hilarious. Poor oh lad. my god! How is that gonna like Rhonda? Like to me. Hold on, it's okay. only a minute and twenty-eight seconds. We listen to. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, hold Can on. Do you want to pause the podcast and we'll be back? Uh, no. How about we? How about we both press play at the same time okay. so everyone in the podcast will hear it and you will hear it at the same as okay. well. One, two, okay. three, go. If you don't mind and you don't have to, you know, we were talking about it when we started the interview. We're stealing um, this person's stuff now. Specifically, Edmund, her co- her coach now, who I believe is her striking coach, but he's, he's the head coach. Are, are, do you, are, are you at issues with the way that he's kind of corralling her and... I think Edmund is a terrible oh, coach, and I will say it publicly. I think he's a terrible coach. I think he hit the lottery when Ronda, Ronda? walked in there. Stop talking, Sean. She was winning before she ever met him. 
She was probably won 99% of the judo matches she ever fought in. She had won the, you know, she'd won the junior worlds when she was 17. She got a bronze medal in the Olympics. She got a silver medal in the world championship. She was one of the top athletes in the world when she walked in there and he wouldn't even give her the time of day for months. Somebody like that is a terrible coach. And I think she stays there because it's like somebody, you know, pitches a no-hitter when they're wearing red underwear and they wear that red underwear for every day. And I think it's superstition and I would caution anybody from going there. And I think it's bad that he uses her to lure people in. And the reason I tell everybody, and I tell Brad, I'm not going to be quiet about this anymore. He's a bad person and people should not go there. And if he wants to sue me, that's my honest Ooh. opinion. What the fuck? Before we go any further, L-A-T-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Yeah, I was on, about to do that. Yeah. Latty Nation. Whoever, oh, now, I was going to be hypercritical of his questioning at the start, but then I remembered it's pretty much the exact hey, same. Their it's the exact same thing that I do when you're kind of trying to get a good response out of someone, but you're saying it in such a roundabout way that you're kind of talking long enough that they will get bored, impatient, cut across you, and then just really let you know exactly what they're thinking. Oh, so you mean to do that? I thought you were just a prick. No, I'm just a shit interviewer, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Let's digest this before questions. Wow. I think she's dead right. Like we've all, we, Everyone thinks that. Like, what everyone. a finishing. I'm going to put that into the podcast introduction. I don't care if he sues me. <laughs> that should be the tagline <laughs> for this podcast. Wow, that is unbelievable. Ronda Rousey's coach. I've always said she's the coolest motherfucker in the world anyway. She looks like she just got out of bed most of the time. She'd be able to murder any single one of us um, in a second. And to be honest, she's spitting some home truths there. Ronda Rousey was an elite level. Like, the, what I was about to say before you were like, oh, breaking news, breaking news, is that, and that wasn't, uh, that was to show how significant it was. I wasn't making funny there. I was like, um, Ronda Rousey, this just shows how much of an absolute, unbelievable athlete she is to think that there is all of this conflict going on within her life. Do you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. different shit going on. And she's still one of the most dominating female athletes in the world behind Serena Williams. <laughs> Let's just put that out there now. Um, like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. What an end to the podcast. Sean, we are very lucky that we recorded tonight instead of tomorrow morning. Brilliant. I, I like, like, look at it this way. You've got a boyfriend or a partner work together in Travis Brown who is going through his own shit. Yeah. Domestic, allega- domestic abuse allegations. You've then got Ronda Rousey, who wrote her book, and a lot of people were coming out then saying she pretty much kicked, like she's involved in domestic abuse as well with a previous boyfriend. You've got her criticizing Floyd Mayweather. You've got Edmund Tarverian. You've got all of her friends moving to the same gym, forming a stable, all of them losing maybe falling out with some of them friends, still having to be friends with them when they leave the gym. You've got people coming in and out of the gym. The most media presence of any UFC fighter. Um, all of the opportunities that she's getting, movies that she's getting, being able to juggle all that with training and still being one of the baddest female fighters on the planet. Some woman, isn't she? Whew. She's a good wife. That is, a, like... Don't get me wrong, I'm not about to start crying here like Joe Rogan. But this has just given me a lot. Like, imagine that. Imagine your mother hating your head coach. 
imagine the guy that you feel mm. like because Rhonda does strike me as the superstitious type I will she has spoke about superstitions before and maybe kind of the way that she trains and everything it's just give me your hot take on it I think I think Mrs. Mrs. Rossi or Mrs. DeMars whatever her name is is dead right like we all, everyone knows Edmund isn't much of a coach like Jay, Jake Ellenberger went there he was been crap Travis Brown hasn't looked as bad like Travis Brown was just coming to like a Christian of being a very good fighter then he went there and now he doesn't look half as good like he had one good performance against Brendan Shaw but Brendan Shaw isn't really that great um, he's never like what's that big tall lady's name uh, wacky wailing inflatable arm tube man her yeah like she Shan, had a or, big uh, promise not Shani is it no uh, Jasmine Duke Jasmine Duke she had a little bit of promise but she just went terrible like she just looks like the worst fighter in the world um, there's Shana Baszler she was a bit old I suppose you can't take her but like nobody none of his other good fighters like a couple of his boxers have done well but I think uh, I don't think they're as good as like uh, they could be um, look at it sorry here's an example it's the equivalent of Tony McGregor going on Ryan Tubby last week and saying John Cavan is a fraud do you know if you want to look at it yeah. in this point of view like imagine if that happened like it would never happen do you know what I mean it just shows the relationship from an SPG Ireland point of view to this and then to imagine that imagine if all of that turmoil was going on and Connor was still winning do you know what I mean like that's just I am no, no. I am speechless at this Forget about the lack of hype for UFC. There's a better example, Sean. Yeah. A video of Ronda Rousey, uh, video of Ronda Rousey's mother slating her coach has hyped, has overhyped the the topic we had set out. Lack of hype for UFC Dublin. So more <laughs> UFC Dublin hype next week. But we'll talk next yeah. week. But we're, do, we're doing our, uh, we're doing our. Uh, oh, Nelly, that oh, was brilliant. Hang out. We're doing our UFC Dublin hangout next week. Pizza Carl will be on with us to do it. The one and only Pizza Carol. One and only Pizza Carol. <sighs> Forget about the ranking, Sean. Have we got any questions? Questions. Um, if you were a UFC fighter from Eamon McLean, friend of the podcast, would you be humble or would you be a trash talker? Oh. I. Uh, can I answer first for both of, of us? Of course. You. <laughs> so I think humble. You'd be, I think you'd be humble. Because you'd be like, jujitsu lifestyle, man, and do all this shit. And I'd be just a big trash talker, like, doing Sean WWE Sheehan, promo. 316 just kicked yeah. your ass. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, no, to be honest, like, then again, it's probably one of the most arrogant things in the world to say you're humble. Yeah, it is. It's the worst. But, uh, like, imagine someone being like, no, I'm actually really humble. I'm the best fighter ever, but I'm really humble and down to earth. I have been told in the past that I downplay things that I do. Um, really? Yeah. No, like, I do this to act up with you, Sean. Let's be honest. It's a I character guess. at this stage. It's a persona. Um, the abs, you know, abs McGahan. It's my alter ego. But generally, I do think that... I, I don't think I could go out... And maybe it's self-doubt. I don't think I could go out and say I'm the best and I could kick your ass... Because I lose too much. In jiu-jitsu tournaments, I lose too much for me to come out and be like, yeah, I'll kick your ass, I'm the best. So I think that's where that's why my answer would be humble. No, I could do it. I could just lie. I wouldn't give a shit. JLP made a career of it. Wait a minute. Speaking of JLP. What, yeah, what was the story with all of them tweets the other night? Gavin Sherlock asked about that. Is it just me or is Chael Sonnen jokes just not funny anymore? Seeking attention. Here's the tweet. 
It's called mixed martial arts, not mixed martial arts. Go what back to hurling and doing river dance. There was about a hundred of them. Yeah, he made a couple <coughs> more. Uh, does your father still stand behind you and tie your tie, or do you buy clip-ons under a fake name? You look like you get your hair cut by smearing it with peanut butter and falling asleep in a room full of hungry dogs. <laughs> I enjoyed these, like, I enjoyed it like that. I did laugh at that one. <laughs> he, he seems to have uh, cut and promise on Conor McGregor. It's to sell his t-shirts, basically, I'd say. Yeah, but there was, um, I did see Front Row Brian had a tweet saying, who do you think wrote it for him? about Nick Lentz's promo or his poem against oh, yeah. Conor McGregor. So that kind of made me think, maybe Brian wrote that for Nick Lentz. Maybe Brian is saying something to this about Chael. As I said before, fighters mentioning Conor McGregor equals instant hits. Once I saw the Chael, uh, the Chael Sonnen tweets, it was the middle of the night, I was still at work or I was just home from work, and I was like, put my head in my hands and I was like, what fucking clickbait websites are going to be you'll never guess what Chael Sonnen said last night or something I was expecting to see Sonnentologists the, the Sonnentologists I, I was like that. it's the same way I have to admit if I can be overly proud of severe MMA for a moment um, it's the one thing that Graham yourself Pizzi if I can praise y'all for a minute will never get into like you could argue that a lot of our content and a lot of the hits that we get is based off good hard work that interesting engaging work that people want to read and look at and listen to and I do think um, remember last week a few weeks ago when that fighter that shit himself in the cage Yeah, I was praying that I wasn't going to go onto Twitter or Facebook and see that severe MMA had posted that because I, I honest to God I feel so bad for that fighter yeah, in, the, in the age that we live in that could happen to anyone I felt like I was going to like shit myself yesterday training and genuinely because I was sick during the day I and watch that video though like yeah you would and you'd laugh at it and that's just the way that social media is nowadays and it's yeah. just it's complete and utter shit and I, I don't just like I didn't if even I tweet that take, out, like. if I can take exactly I didn't even watch it because I felt so bad for that guy it's just the way the world's going now not to sound like Joe Rogan here but like it's just it's a horrible thing then again if I may or you look up the next question asked for me I'll have, I'll have a segue in between David Farrell, I, he get he really gets to the bones of what what we love here. What we, what what you know, he he knows the podcast. He asks, who in your opinion is the best looking man in the UFC? Sage Northcott. I don't think he is now. I would I wouldn't go that far. My first reaction. Oh no! Let me think. I, a you, part of me wants to say Gunnar Nelson. No. Okay, fine. Nah, he, really? Do you think he's that good looking? Gordon Nelson's a pretty man, yeah? I think it's... Who are you going to say? My first reaction... Even though I kind of want to change my mind, but I'll give it to you. I think it's Luke Rockhold. Okay, so what has happened to the two of us that our first three names are men? <laughs> no, but it was men. I think oh, it was, was it men? Fighter. Okay, yeah. grand. If he, hadn't been, if he hadn't been gone, it'd be Josh Thompson. Definitely. He's the best looking fighter in the history of the UFC. Luke Rockhold is very pretty though. Yeah, he's a good looking man. I'll give him I'll give him that. Um yeah. a Connor O'Malley, who's the funniest man in Irish mixed martial arts, training, whatever. Um he put on Facebook today and I was like, This is the most important thing that I've read today. 
I'm constantly seeing videos, statuses and stupid inspirational quotes about how technology is ruining society, that we are in a generation where everything revolves in the internet and are glued to our phones or computers 24-7. People seem to be forgetting about all the good things the internet provides. You can easily keep in touch with family that has moved away, look for a job, check any college course, snapchats of homeless people, Google practically any question you can think of, online courses and learn more than you can imagine from YouTube. Before phones, we started a TV, and before that we probably started a wall because there was fuck all else to do. The ironic part of all these videos being made and shared are from compu- computers or phones. People just need to accept that the times times are changing. Bleeding dopes. Dropping knowledge. Fucking that was a waste of time, that was. It wasn't, it's fuck. Just edit that out. Edit that out there. Anyway, hit me. Will Martin asked about UFC Dublin. We were going to talk about it in line, longer, but there was no real time because something came up and it was kind of pointless anyway. Um, ask about the UFC Dublin card. How hyped are you? Okay. How hyped are you? Are, oh, I don't, you know what I mean. Fuck it. I promise uh, we are going to cover this. Well, obviously, we have the Hangout and we have the podcast next week as well. Well, we might have oh, now. Yeah, we will. Of course we will. We'll see. Don't undersell yourself here, Sean. People we'll have one. We'll have one. Um, anyway. Um, I do think it's going to be a great card. I do think the Irish fans are going to be brilliant. I But look, the UFC coming out, we've got a fight week organised for them, like a mini fight week for the fans. Every single event is in Murray's Bar. Yeah. So we've got Murray's Bar for the fans for the week. They're like, don't underestimate it. Don't look at it in any other way. Don't try paint it whatever you want. It's because Conor McGregor's not here. Yeah. There's a reason no big US outlets are coming over. The Irish fans are great. Oh. Well... The personality, like Ariel isn't traveling, Jeremy isn't traveling. Um, Mike Bonner's coming. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, let me retract this. There's a reason there isn't as much buzz about it now, and it's because there's no Conor McGregor. And that's not going to say that the event in itself isn't going to be an absolutely brilliant event with unbelievable fights and gutsy, heartful performances from the Irish fighters. The reason that the last one was so good, and I think magnified, is because there was more eyes on it. There's going to be the same performances from Neil Seary. There's going to be the same performances from Paddy Houlihan. You know Carl Pendred is probably going to get knocked around the place before he shows that he is Paul O'Connell-esque heart. Can't beat that guy. Can't beat him. You literally cannot beat Carl Pendred. Um, and they, all of those performances, I feel, were just magnified last year because there was more eyes on them. Do you know... Am, you know I, I think am, it shows? I, am I am I right? Am I wrong? Yeah, I I agree. But you know what I think it shows? I think it shows how big and how growing the hardcore fan base in Ireland yeah, really is. Yeah, like there's been there's been no buzz about it. There's no fucking Jodalai like a couple of ones. Not not like if Conor McGregor was on, imagine there'd be fifteen a day. Like none of that shit. And it's still like, sold out in radio, seconds. Sold out in seconds. All those Murray's pub things that you were talking about sold out in minutes as well. Is that sold um, out already? They all sold out, yeah. I tweeted out the link. Like, I was one of the only ones to tweet out. Loads of people looked at it, tweeted it out. It was sold out within, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Maybe they'll release more or whatever, but the, the ones that were released were sold out. When tickets going on tomorrow, they're going to sell out as well. You just Do know. Do you think? I actually, I was... Um Kevin and Nicola Sheehan, the podcast yeah. brothers and sisters that uh, are great fans of the podcast... Both sent me Snapchats the other night asking about it. And um, I said, look, 
I give my opinion. I said, to be honest, I'm not too sure if the weigh-in is going to sell out. If it does, it won't be as quick. So you should be okay just being yeah, online yeah, whenever the weigh-in yeah. tickets go on sale. But, like, even even without that, like, if they didn't sell one ticket for it, really shows how much of a hardcore fan base is. Like, the McGregor, <laughs> the McGregor fans are not coming to this. Like, you know, the, those bandwagon fans, they're not buying tickets for this. And there's still a huge fan base coming. So I think it really does show how much of a hotbed and how strong the hardcore base is. Like the the UFC 93 kind of fans, you know what I mean? The, Do you think yeah. this is an event for them? Mm, I think it's an event for the UFC to take advantage of, of the strength in Irish MMA. You know what I mean? Like this isn't a great card. Um, like we have all the Irish fighters, fair enough, but you want... I suppose that, that uh, heavyweight fight would have been it. But you want another fight, like... I was, we were hoping for Gunnar Nelson versus Wanderboy. If that was on it as well, with this heavyweight card and with all the Irish guys, didn't it be a good card? Big question. Is Dana coming? I haven't heard. Do you think he will? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that... I don't think he will. No? Well, no, then, I, like, that, like, I can see Irish people turning against him for that. Like, yeah, I'm not like, sure. You not said all of this stuff last year. Why aren't you here? Hmm. A uh, question there from Al Kowser and Ariel Asted on the MMA hour as well. Uh, do you think, say if Duffy wins at the weekend, this is kind of a roundabout way he asked it, but if Duffy wins next weekend, say if he calls out McGregor, or if like there's a big McGregor fan base there, if he's asked about him, do you think the fans could turn on Joseph if he could he get booed out of the place if he calls out McGregor if he mentions him? That is a fucking great question. I, if I want to link it back to your point about what fans are going to be there, do you know what I mean? If it was, yeah. uh, if it was, if it was a card that Conor McGregor was fighting on, I think he'd get booed to the rafters and he'd get put out of the place. But you, that's a oh my god, very very good question. I'd like to say no. I have enough blind faith, hope, support that the Irish MMA fans aren't going to embarrass themselves by booing Joseph Duffy for wanting that fight, or for saying, yeah, I'll fight him. Like, when I mentioned earlier on that fighters just mentioned Conor McGregor to um, to get get themselves in the headlines or get themselves in a story, Figo Farrell pointed out to me on Twitter today that he agreed, but the exception of the rule was Duffy. So Duffy isn't going around. Like, you, you watch the interviews. I've interviewed Duffy before. I've spoken to Joseph many times. He should do it, though. Not that he should do it, He's the one being asked them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's you're right. Yeah, I saw that. I mean? Yeah, you're right. So yeah. he is the one that's being asked the questions. What is he going to say? No comment. I'd rather focus on my own career. Forget about com- like. Of course, he's going to answer those questions. And why? Why shouldn't he believe in himself in that rematch again? He has beaten Connor before. You could say that Connor has uh, gone on to be a completely different fighter from the one then. But in many ways, so is Joe. He went away to boxing, tidied up his hands, got very, very good level of striking. You know. That that's just the way it is. He gets asked the questions, he has to answer them. It's not like Nick Lentz or who's that fella that made all the videos, Ricardo Lamas about Conor McGregor. Jesus, just yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah, like how embarrassing was that? Like that was the worst. That, that was cringeworthy embarrassing. Wasn't even funny. Like uh, ooh, Brendan King, like Bob there, like stepping on a rake. You see that Brendan King asked? He replies to your tweet that you just tweeted out live on the podcast. He said, we gave nicknames last week to, to no, Cody Garbrandt, no name. You called him a Dwayne Ludwig. We called him Looper Ludwig. So I have your nickname for Edmund Tarverdian. Edmund Tarverdian? Yeah. What do you think about the son-in-law? Because Randa's mother hates him. 
Uh, I'll give you that one. Let me think. A nickname for what? Edmund Tarverian. Uh, no name in Looper. <sighs> okay. I have it. Okay. One. The Count. I was thinking that as well, but people call him that already because he looks like one. Oh, because he looks like your man out of. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. I've actually never seen someone say oh no I definitely have because I'm not witty enough to come up with that myself I must have subliminally seen that that he looks like your man out of um, funny story the reason that I automatically link that and will bring the count up so frequently is um, a few years ago in work this young one was uh, <laughs> young one was uh, chatting me up right let's put it that way at the door of the nightclub when, like, I was, we have to stand at the door before people leave yeah. And she has the biggest nose you've ever seen in your life. I'm glad you said nose there. And my what? manager came over and started laughing and took a picture of the two of us and um, got his friend to Photoshop it. And I was standing next to the count from, from <laughs> Sesame Street. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, and just automatically he's stuck he's ingrained into my head now and every time uh, my manager slagging me he'll put his hand over his face and go a one a two <laughs> like similar to the count <laughs> that's actually good so that's my Edmund Tarverian story I'm sorry I haven't got a good nickname here uh, maybe I don't feel as dispassionate that's enough towards him we'll come up with one, we'll I that. probably could come up with a great one and I get sued for it <laughs> so yeah. uh couple more Kieran O'Flynn asks Pindred and Breeze fight who do you think will win and do you think if Cahill loses he will get caught Um, I've actually seen I uh, just messaged you my Edmund Darberry <laughs> <laughs> nickname there. <laughs> oh, we won't be saying that anyway go on <laughs> so uh, Tom Breeze versus Cahill Pendred is actually a very very interesting fight it's the fight that a lot of people on the UK scene have wanted to see. I think there is uh, not aiming this at Steve from Severe MMA because I know he really, 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 really is looking forward to this fight. There seems to be a general resentment of any Irish fighter from a lot of the UK-based MMA, Twitter, Facebook community being like... Jealousy. Maybe it is jealousy. Why don't we have a Conor McGregor, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people see Tom Breeze as the dethroning of Carl Pendred, at least from a... Fuck you guys, we just beat an Irish guy point of view from the UK community. In my opinion, that's it. And there was a lot of that around the time that Breeze took his hiatus, um, wasn't competing, wasn't fighting, and Cahill was getting all of this stuff going from Getting signed to the UFC, good performances, a couple of good wins under his belt in the UFC, and there was always the underlying snarky tone of, but Tom Breeze had beat him. Do you know that? And I think this is... This is a chance now for Cahill to prove a lot of people wrong, to get a very good win against a very, very, very highly rated prospect coming out of the UK. Tom Breeze, though, there is the... There is a danger of it, and I do think, if I'm calling a spade a spade, it's Cahill's toughest fight in the UFC thus far. Um, And I'm really looking forward to it. I do think Cahill has a fire lit under him from his last fight. He lost his dog, and he found his dog as well. Shout out to social media for reuniting the Pendreds with um, with Ringo. So, if I'm putting it out there, I think Cahill struggles in the first round. Um, I think Breeze is going to put it on him, but I don't see Breeze finishing Cahill. I don't see him beating Cahill, and I don't see him having the ability to, like, genuinely, you need to be Robert Downey Jr. 
to kill Cahal Pender. Like you need to be Iron Man. You need to be someone from the Marvel or DC universe to beat Cahal Pender in a fight. Like yeah. to genuinely knock Cahal Pender out. Can't beat out. that guy. Can't beat that guy. I'm gonna be unpatriotic. No, I'm not. No, no. The exact opposite, in fact. Like, I've picked against Carl before, and I've picked against Irish people before, but I think I'm picking all the Irish people on UFC Dublin, which, I know, like, I pick who I think will win, but, like, people might think that, but I think Carl will win this fight after watching after watching some tape during the week. They're very similar. They're very, very similar kind of guys. I think the X factor is Breeze has a big left left hand, I think, you see, Sopa. He's a big shot anyway from his backhand. Um, that Carl... Carl has it, but he's a lot slower at throwing it, and he isn't maybe he isn't as um, he isn't as accurate with it. But both guys, they love pushing guys against the fence, um, taking them down, landing ground the pound, getting a submission. I think they're very very similar in that way. Sure, Reds are over there, fucking spying on Breeze anyway. That's a f- <laughs> that's a fact. But they're big, too big, uh, big guys for the weight, strong guys. I don't think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be three rounds. I think it's going to be two rounds to one. In front of the Irish crowd, I think you might uh, might see Cahill through. But even if he do lo- loses, I, I don't How think How funny going to will it be if Cahill wins a split decision? I I think that's a good chance happening. Um, sorry, and the second part of that question. I have seen some people say maybe Cahill could cut with a loss. Yeah. Um, not a chance. Absolutely no way. Because considering the last fight... Um, and then if this fight is a is another decision, a close decision, there's no way the UFC are going to cut him after two. No way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Two more. In one word. From can I Gavin. just say? Can I just say, Sean? Yeah. For us being so pessimistic about this podcast before we recorded, right. well, no, I have to admit I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Good crack. Now, Gavin Springett, friend of the podcast, great name that I can. Gavin, let me know. Have you started jujitsu yet? Who should replace Steve and come in in one word? Tyrone. But Metrio. John Jones. Oh, no way. That would oh, be the best thing happen. in the world. It's not going to happen. He, he needs it, doesn't he need it though? Oh, there'd be it. last minute playing tickets yeah. bought oh, all across God. the North American mixed martial arts media. There would buy. <laughs> Ariel would you be just working. say there would buy? There would buy. Harry would be down to Newark there getting his boat yeah. over butter. He'd be fucking swimming from Las Vegas. Didn't you? Did I'll be on. Uh, okay. Last question. So the difference between a gi and a no-gi competition, oh, Sean, no, is... Oh, God. Okay, go on. Answer it. Just what was that? No, we'll do two more. You, what was that question again? Uh... From the Ronan I- Duffy underscore Irish Kieran first. Uh, what do you think? This is actually a good question. Wait, or actually, wasn't people will else tune asked. out before our funny outro if I talk about jujitsu for the last question. Yeah. So maybe you should do the jujitsu one now. Okay, go on. So what was the question again? The What's just- the difference between gi and nogi? For those that don't, oh well, pretty much a gi tournament is you wear your kimono, top and yeah. a bottom. You have your belt tied. Nogi is just shorts and a t-shirt. The difference, uh, (laughs) (laughs) cut, Uh, pretty much, if I can sum it up very quickly, Nogi is quicker, a lot more scrambles, uh, a lot more fights are won in the transition, and it's just pretty much who can keep the pace up for a longer time. In Gi, you can slow it down, you've got grips, you've got sneaker submissions, collar chokes, um, better sweeps, because you can control control the Gi, control the jack, control the pants. 
and that's pretty much it. If I was to recommend which is more aesthetically pleasing to watch, it's no gi every single day of the week. Uh, from a neutral point of view, the Eddie Bravo Invitational in particular, if you want to go watch some competitive no gi jiu-jitsu, look up EBI 1 through 4 on uh, YouTube, some really, really good matches. And also Stuart Cooper, who makes unbelievable jiu-jitsu highlight videos, released his ADCC 2015 highlight video today, having got a chance to watch it. I will be doing that right after this podcast. Uh, so that's it. Also, if you want to watch a jiu-jitsu documentary, Hicks and Gracie Choke is oh, a brilliant. yeah, very good. Not really, it's more of an MMA documentary. Well, right? it's more of a Hicks and Gracie sort of yeah. like he's the best man to ever live. There's also a very, very good one by Stuart Cooper and Marcelo Garcia, who is probably one of the greatest grapplers to ever live behind Hickson. And there's also one by Roll Jiu-Jitsu called uh, SoCal, and it's about the jiu-jitsu lifestyle in Southern California. I would recommend all of the above. What about that prick that was giving you shit last week for talking shit about Jiu-Jitsu? <sighs> Keen Tiernan, if you're listening to your tune out. You should uh, remember his name now and all. I remember it. Of course I remember it. You're on my list. Yeah, no, I got a tweet. Why the fuck do you always talk about Jiu-Jitsu so much no one gives a shit? My response was... I'll he has a point, in fairness. Look, I don't care. I do me, you do you. Uh, I'm happy talking about Jiu-Jitsu. I'm, I'm very happy doing what I do every single day, being able to get up and go and train. I'm very thankful that I even I'm fit like that I'm able to do it you know I could break both of my legs tomorrow and that's my life complete <laughs> did you just laugh at the thought of me breaking both of my legs I could severely hurt myself anytime from I could hurt myself walking up the stairs and never be able to do jiu-jitsu again and I think Sean in all honesty all joking aside as a 22 year old I think it's pretty okay for me to say that I'm I'd be happy knowing that I've lived my life to this point exactly the way that I've wanted to. And I'll accept whatever the universe gives me after this. Namaste. You, 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 don't, you take... Uh, you what don't do you get mean? Much. You're, you were about to say, I don't believe any of that. No, 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 I wasn't. I was about to say, you don't get much abuse, do you, on Twitter? I don't, no. I get loads of it, like... Yeah, you, but you're I, a prick, like... Yeah, I'm a bit of a... I'm a, bit, I'm a character, you're out like. there. You're, you know, yeah. No, but, like, you deliberately say stuff to get a yeah. reaction, like... Yeah, just admit enough. it. Just I admit do. it. I do, <laughs> like you, especially about I Liverpool. Actually, I'm not. I'm not even gonna deny this. I was creeping through your Twitter the other night. I meant to text you about it, but my what? phone died. You had an argument. Like it's like watching you and Graham have a child when you start <laughs> arguing with people on Twitter. Some guy was being like, "You should just appreciate that the Irish team are doing so well." Oh, yeah. like, don't give a fuck their shit. Ed McGeady's <laughs> shit. The whole team is shit. I don't applaud heart, like heart. I applaud results. Like Sean Sheehan went to town on someone. Like I wouldn't. I was just kind of like your man was making good points and stuff. But I was kind of just like playing along with him. Someone, um, someone didn't unfollowed me because I said Rory Best should have been taken off in the in the other game. Like. I thought he should have been taken off, and pe- like people, people get very worked up about your opinion. Like Jesus, you can have an opinion, just fucking get over it. Like, do you know? I get a lot of abuse on Twitter, tons of it, but I have blocked people and muted people and stuff. But Cheap I don't know. I, I used to take it to heart before. Like, if I got an abusive tweet, I like I couldn't sleep and stuff. I'd <laughs> now I just <laughs> now I just don't sleep. Give a shit. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to lie. When I got that tweet last week, there was an, an immediate discussion in the gym about what I should reply to him. And my first instinct, I'll send you the picture later on. You did already, didn't you? You said put in the severe match out. Oh, did I? Yeah, so for those that were under it after I got that abusive tweet, my uh, the, my friends in the gym, we all we just sat up against the wall and <laughs> gave the finger to the camera and took the picture. And I realized that was probably not the best thing to reply uh, to a tweet. Okay, that's it. Was that it? Was there not one more? Oh, Uh, someone asked about... Oh, there was actually, yeah. Someone asked, and I can't find our tweet, but it it might have been deleted or I just didn't favour it or something. Um, With uh, the UFC Dublin, if Ireland beat Argentina next week in rugby, it's going to be on the night before the uh, the World Cup semi-final with Ireland and Australia, probably. Will be on the Sunday. Um, Yeah. How could that affect it, like media and stuff? Do you think it could have an effect on it? Um, I don't think so, to be honest. The big, large-scale media, like I know today FM are sending people to UFC Dublin. I know other radio stations are sending people to UFC Dublin. They've got such an extensive amount of staff. Besides that, freelancers. Do you know, as you and I know, there's endless, uh, well, not endless amount of work, but there is work available for stuff like this. Um, it will be in high demand. People are going to want to hear about it. People are going to go going to know about it and I do think anyone that is covering the Rugby World Cup in any way shape or form is probably already in Cardiff or has been in Cardiff before so they were already going to be assigned to it however what a week like if we can just finish off the podcast on this um, not a mass would have been more into rugby in my youth like would have watched Six Nations religiously and uh, followed it to some extent mainly due to my brother always playing it and being heavily involved in it, but I watched a Brian O'Driscoll tribute video recently. Yeah. On Facebook, was it? Yeah. Brilliant. The greatest man to have ever lived. My Blocked me on Twitter, though. S- did he? Yeah. Why? Because when the Irish women won the Six Nations, I got, I replied to one of his tweets, pity the men couldn't be as good as him. Oh, well, look, that, you are a negative bastard. He's dead right to block I you. Was fucking, I was, that was positive. I was trying to bring him up. I was trying to make him as good as the women's oh. team. <laughs> Constructive as always. I I will admit, Sean, there was something in my eye watching that video. Last weekend, the last week and a half, um, very, like... Bandwagon. I am not. No, I'm not at all. And I I would never claim to be proud to be Irish just because of where I was born. I do think... I hate that shit. I would. I do. I do think that... Because you're born by chance. Yeah, but you can learn to be proud of something. But look, will you let me just... No. Finish my point. Okay, well. Don't buy into this. See you later, folks. We'll see you next week. Don't Uh, buy into this fucking jujitsu fucking. This this has absolutely nothing to do with jujitsu. So stop trying to turn people off jujitsu. Do you know what, actually? Before I finish my point, one of my friends once said to me, You've been brainwashed by all of them jujitsu goons that you hang out with. Dead right, dead right. Anyway, I do think that last weekend, from a sporting point of view, was absolutely unbelievable. And that is what that is what made me very proud to be from Ireland. When you look at it over a large scale of things, we've got boxers and world championship finals. We've got Con- Connor and the rest of the Irish guys in the UFC leading the way. You've got Irish jiu-jitsu athletes leading the way. We always do very well at the Olympics in different sports, even if it's equestrian or boxing. Um, whether we, yeah, nothing else really. Like, Swimming, Michelle De Bruyne. This is this is where we make ourselves like a name for ourselves as such a great nation the Irish rugby team 
last weekend absolutely unbelievable against France the soccer team beating the world champions like this is just what dreams are made of and to be a part of like even like we are tiny 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 cogs in the MMA machine in Ireland in general and uh, tiny cogs but to be honest being in any way shape form involved with it is just very very humbling and the whole thing was fucking brilliant like Paul O'Connell what a fucking hero if we can talk about Paul O'Connell to finish the podcast what, what a perfect way for him to go out on his on his career I know people oh, are I know perfect. yeah no, look, look look at it from this way what do you think about it first and I'll hit you with mine you what think you it's sad like- Exactly. Paul, Paul O'Connell for years, okay, the man that went out and put it on the line, fought for Ireland, put his body through hell for Ireland, dragged him over the fucking line how many times, and he goes out on his on his shield, you know, proper warrior, proper samurai. He died in the in the field. Let's say Paul O'Connell. He died in the field of battle. Do you know what I mean? He died trying to get Ireland over the finishing line, and now he's retired. And to be honest, I just think there's something really cool and special about the way that he went out. Obviously, they're going to miss him. Obviously, he's going to be annoyed. But I would have rather seen him go out like that than go out in a shitty testimonial, maybe when he's lost some of his fire. or wouldn't happen. Probably wouldn't have happened. I just thought, when, when we digested it and got away from the fact that, oh, Paul O'Connell's going to miss the rest of the World Cup. I think looking back on this in a couple of years' time is like, that was a fitting way. It pretty much embodied his whole career, like, to go out that way it was just the most Paul O'Connell thing in the world. You mean smoking that old Dwayne Ludwig shirt, have you? No, hundred percent not. That's true. I'm. I like maybe. Maybe I've just if gone out and won the World Cup. That's may, what it yeah, well, that would have been fucking unreal as well. Maybe I'm. Uh, maybe I am revolting on my. I'm not patriotic to be Irish just because I'm born here, sort of thing. Because Ireland's the fucking best, let's be honest. I know we have a lot of international listeners now. A lot of people tweeting us, and we appreciate the support greatly. Ireland is the best place to live. Let's just get over it. And the fucking minimum wage is rising. Hold on. Do you know where else is a great place to live? Where? North Korea. North Korea. Kim (laughs) Jong-un. The boys themselves. First of all, budget 16, Sean. The minimum wage is rising 50 cent. And the price of Amberleaf went up 50 cent as well. Bastards. Good. Do you smoke? You don't smoke, do you? No, but I was going off the well. Oh, like look, I was going off the whole uh, boys in the force course. Oh yeah, okay. Team from earlier. Dead right. I hope they keep putting up the price of fucking cigarettes. Put it up by ten euro. That's what I think. Content things. Right, Sean. I actually was hoping to uh, stretch this out for another sixty seconds, so we make an hour and a half of a podcast. So, with that said, what's the plans for tomorrow? Tomorrow? What's on tomorrow? Just in the week oh, in general. Plans. Week in general, oh, like I'm gonna have a treat yourself there. Myself and myself and Patrick, are, I'm getting a few um, surprises. Surprises. I can't. I can't talk about them. Talk about them next week. And I'm going to the cinema. I'm going to sneeze right now. Ugh, I can't do it. I'm going to the cinema. I'm going to see um, The Martian, more probably. Doing a couple more things. You know, just going around, having a treat yourself there. Okay, so treat Sean yourself. Sheehan is spending tomorrow in a strip club. Uh, <laughs> Everyone else. Snack cocaine. <laughs> By your silence there for a couple of seconds, I thought you actually may have been spending it at a strip club and you were you got a little never bit uncomfortable. You've been in a strip club. No, never. Anyway. Is there one in Dundalk? Uh, no. Unfortunately, it's not it's not a metropolitan, like it's rural Ireland. So anyway, um 
if you've enjoyed the podcast, thank you very much. This wasn't an MMA as fueled episode as we would have liked. There was a lot of ramblings, unfortunately. If you don't like us at our worst, then you don't deserve us at our best. If you want to get in touch during the week, tweet at Severe MMA Pod, at Sean Sheehan Ba, at Andrew McGahan underscore, and please, 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 please tell a friend, subscribe to the podcast, boost those listeners every week. And breaking news, Sean, next weekend we are going to reveal exclusively on the podcast the Severe MMA Podcast Post Way Ins Meetup. <gasps> But until then, if he'll make you cry, he isn't worth your tears. See you next week.